Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dream Big, Play Bigger podcast. I am your host, AJ Richards, and I am excited to be here with you today for another episode of the Dream Big, Play Bigger podcast. Today, we are going to talk about transformation. When I talk about transformation, what I'm referring to is essentially taking a state of being or some way that we are, right? So however we show up in our relationships with our kids or our spouse or our parents or whatever, or we could be talking about relationships at work, or we could be talking about leading a business and not doing so well. We could be talking about our health. We might even be talking about, in this particular case, I want to talk quite a bit about transformation from being in the military, being a veteran, and then going into the civilian world. Now, uh, I'm not going to solely highlight being a veteran, so this, wherever you are, however your life is looking, my hope is that what I'm sharing with you will make a difference, um, regardless of where you're at, because really, when it comes to transformation, it doesn't matter what it is you're trying to transform or change about your life, it's the process regardless, right? So it'll be the same process and the same understanding no matter is what no matter what it is you're trying to do. So right now, uh, I'm, a, I'm a coach. I have about 40 clients. I work for Transform uh, Weight Loss. It's uh, Chris and Heidi Powell. They had a show called Extreme Makeover Weight Loss. Uh, and now they have a, a company called Transform. They've got an app. It's an incredible app for um, it gives you your nutrition and your exercise. And then they have a division of the company where people can get uh, one-on-one weight loss coaching. So I do that, and then I also coach my own clients on the site as well, uh, whether it be weight loss or uh, if you're stuck in, in just knowing who you are or what you're up to or what, what you're capable of. Um, that's what I do. And I love being able to do this because I love, I, I, what I really love about what I do is watching people uh, who are in a place where they don't quite see their full potential maybe, or they're stuck or they can't see it's some sort of blind spot and they can't see it. And so they seek a coach, right? And a coach in life coaching or personal coaching or whatever you want to call it, self-development coaching is no different than hiring a coach to help you with weight, um, weight training or to be an Olympic lifting coach or a gymnastics coach. A coach is there to help you see your blind spots and guide you in a way that helps you with a breakthrough so you become better in that area. Why wouldn't we have coaches for our lives? I used to think, by the way, that that was a bunch of farce. Uh, um, What's the word? I just used to think it was BS. I should be able to figure out my own life. (laughs) And boy, was I mistaken. Not that I couldn't figure out my own life and be okay, But I wasn't interested in okay. I was interested in living life to its fullest potential. So now I want to know what my blind spots are in my life so that I can go to work on those. So when it comes to transformation, um, I read a book, uh, Atomic Habits, and I believe that's the book where he uh, breaks down the, uh, there's like four stages of transformation in Atomic Habits, um, or the, how he identifies them. And really, I've been able to use this understanding with my clients to have them be aware of what they can expect. So Atomic Habits is by James Clear. And when we talk about these Atomic Habits, 
uh, excuse me, when we're talking about the the four stages of transformation or four phases of transformation, um, the way that I like to describe them is in a way that hopefully you can kind of wrap your head around. So when we're talking about the four stages of transformation, in the first stage, we're going to be excited, but we're also clueless to what it is actually going to take to be successful with whatever it is we're trying to be successful in relationship, finances, personal health, you name it, right? So we're excited, but really we're kind of clueless. We don't know, we don't know exactly what it's going to take, which is also why it's a good reason to have a coach, uh, because they'll help you figure that out. And in many cases, people that do what I do, they've studied this stuff. So we know what it's going to look like. So in that first phase, um, the way that it's described in atomic habits is you're unconsciously incompetent. In other words, you're not aware of what it's going to take to be successful in this particular area of your life. You just know that you need a transformation, that you would like to have things work better. And a lot of times what happens in that first phase is we're excited. That excitement releases a hormone. Those hormones are addicting. And so what will happen is let's take – we're talking about weight loss, for example. Uh, Many of my clients have – been through multiple weight loss programs, and um, nothing seems to work. If you're like me in business, I've been to multiple business conferences, and nothing seems to have made a difference. And maybe you're working on your marriage, and you've been to counseling many, many times, and nothing seems to work. Um, That is being unconsciously incompetent. Like, we're not sure what it's going to take. And sometimes we get excited for it, but then we quit because those hormones go away, we've moved into stage two. I call it failure and learning. Uh, But basically, we become consciously incompetent. We are now aware that we don't know what it's going to take. And now in phase two, it gets really difficult. And so our body, our, our uh, our thoughts, our minds remember that first phase. We remember being excited about something. And so we start looking for that next program. When I owned a CrossFit gym, I would see people come and go frequently because they would come in, they had a, they were excited. Here's, you know, this gym's going to be what makes a difference for me. I'm super excited to be here. And they're all in for a few weeks. And then before you know it, they're looking for a new gym because it must be something wrong with the programming. There's, there's, I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. So it must be the programming or it's this environment that I'm in. So now I need to go look for a new one. <laughs> and so what they're not connected with is that the reason they're feeling that way is they're coming up against these blind spots, these personal actions that they're not doing. They're not taking action. And we, we often don't see our responsibility in it right off the bat. And so we blame it on the program or we blame it on something external from ourselves. When we're in that stage of being consciously incompetent, what it's, what's important to know, as James points out, is that it's the stage of deception. Like, what that means is no matter what comes up for us, whatever the excuse might be, bad programming, bad coaching, if we're talking about the gym, or these guys aren't giving me the right uh, macros to lose weight, they're not doing the right carb cycling to lose weight, um, or this is the wrong therapist for my marriage, you know, you name it. Or I, maybe it's even more uh, complicated than that, or maybe, not complicated, but more sneaky than that. I lost my job, therefore I can't. Or 
somebody in my family got really sick, therefore this isn't gonna work for me. When in reality, those things have nothing to do with what you've connected to wanting to accomplish, but because of that deception phase, we find ourselves distracted. What's happening in that phase too is your identity and your ego, they're partnered up on this. They don't want you to transform. Your ego, and I say they, because I see my ego as a separate being of myself. It's weird, but it works. Uh, I'll even call my ego out sometimes, uh, verbally, out loud. I'll call them out. <laughs> but they want to stay where they're at because it's the known. It's familiar. Not because it's serving you better there, but it's connected with all of these fears, fears of the unknown, fears of uh, the process, fears of what you might have to give up. We'll go into that in another episode, but it's connected to that. And so you ever heard the saying, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't? All of that starts coming into play. And so when we have a job change or a health issue or whatever, our ego and our identity will latch onto that and give us reason to not continue our process of transformation. And we end up being stuck. So phase two, this being uh, this failure and learning phase, or this consciously incompetent phase where we're aware that this is much more difficult than I thought it was going to be, we fall back into going to look for that next thing rather than continuing to push forward. That's really what should happen. In this phase, we really should be driving forward, committed to the process because it's practice. You know, a lot of times I share with my clients, listen, guys, this isn't about perfection. Like if you were going to, you know, if you wanted to pick up a new instrument or learn a new sport, you're often going to give yourself the freedom, the grace to not be perfect because you know you just have to practice. Think about your kids. Take yourself away from it at, at some point. If you have children or somebody you know, if they came up to you and they just started something and they started complaining and beating themselves up and they just started, what are you going to say? You're going to say, come on, you just got to practice. Don't be so hard on yourself. Just practice. That's what's necessary to transform is give yourself the grace to not be perfect, that you just need to show up and continue the practice and, you know, keep getting your teeth kicked in a little bit. That's what's necessary. You're going to build intestinal fortitude. You're going to discover what makes a difference for you and for whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, and you're going to become more proficient at it. You're going to have these insights into what it takes to become better. And so that's phase two is just continuing to show up. You get knocked down nine times, you get up ten. If you're committed to that process and you continue to go that, that path, you're going to move into the next stage, stage three. Stage three is commitment and awareness. You're committed to the process and you are aware of what it's going to take. James Clear calls it the consciously competent. You're aware of what now needs to happen. This is transformation. This is where you start knowing that when I get up in the morning, I get up every morning. I may not want to, but I'm up early enough that I can get my workout in. It's the only kind of time of day I can do it. I got through all of the self-doubt and talk. Now it's becoming a habit. It still takes effort. I still have to focus on it and still have to be intentional about it. But I know that as long as I get up at this time and I go do this workout, even if I feel like shit in the morning, I'm going to feel better by the time I'm done with it and my day is going to go better. So now we are aware that it's just what's necessary. You'll go on vacation and you'll choose to go to the gym. You'll go on vacation and you'll take your water with you, you know, whatever your goal is. You'll go, you'll go do things and maybe you, uh, if it's financial, you might blow a bunch of money, but now you're like, you know what? Nope, I'm going to set a limit on my budget. 
Um, if it's in your relationships, your way of being would be to be quick to anger, but maybe now you ask questions to discover what the person meant before becoming angry. Those are the things that you start doing by choice because you know, hey, the past history shows me that if I'm committed to the practice, things are going to get better. I'm going to be better at what it is I'm doing. And so that's phase three. That's your, that's your uh, commitment and awareness. You're committed to the process and you're aware of what it takes. Over time, by continuing that process, you start moving into the last stage, which is a new identity. In other words, you do, you're now doing things that you didn't even realize you were doing, but you're doing them. You're, you, know, you, you, you might even start waking up before your alarm clock. <laughs> you uh, would never go through the drive-thru at McDonald's because you know that that doesn't serve you and what you're committed to. Like there are things that you now do that keep you from the old behaviors, but you're not even aware you're doing them. It's just automatic. It's your new identity. And so that's really what we're, that I wanted to share with you guys today is the conversation of identity. So I'm going to speak to my veteran brothers and sisters for a minute here. And by the way, if, if this doesn't relate to you, my invitation would be to put yourself in the shoes of the person I'm talking to and see how it could relate to other areas of your life. Because again, it's all the same. So, you know, look, my wife will tell you that I became a different person. I wasn't the person she met as soon as I got out of basic training. Like, it wasn't even combat that changed me. Basic training changed me. And uh, duh, of course, right? Because here I am, a, a young kid. I'm a civilian. I don't know anything about much. <laughs> well, clearly, I learned more about that as I get older that I really didn't know anything. But... uh I signed up to be turned into or transformed into a fighting person, somebody that could go into combat, carry a weapon, aim that weapon at another human being and pull the trigger. I signed up to be trained to be uncomfortable in really difficult environments. And when I went to basic training, you know, my basic training and, and specialty training, it was like five months long. I didn't have a chance to back out of phase two. <laughs> I'm in basic training. You don't get out of it. So by the time you're out, you have a new identity. You become a different person. My wife says I became a less, less sensitive, less emotional, um, and, and more closed off, more guarded. Well, of course, I became transformed. And then I went to Iraq. I deployed to combat. And this is who I am. I'm a warrior. I'm gone in combat for I was deployed for 18 months, six months in uh, the United States, preparing to go overseas and then spent 12 months overseas with very little break. And so I developed this new identity. The identity was that I was a warrior. And then I came home and within 24 hours of coming home, or, or excuse me, within 24 to 30 hours of leaving a combat zone, I'm walking down the street holding the hand of my wife and going to the restaurants and having all of this freedom without fear of, of uh, you know, being blown up or shot. My body, my mind was not prepared for that transition. And so I found myself stuck. My first experience of being really depressed, you know, I, I was, uh, my wife and I went to a therapist who told us that we had PTSD, told me that I had PTSD, told my wife she was depressed, and to fix our marriage, 
we should watch pornography together. That was my first um, uh, exposure to what help would look like. <laughs> None of which matched, but, you know, I was now told that I had a this certain uh, uh, illness, if you will, like this PTSD. I was told I had PTSD, so then what do I know? This is a doctor telling me what I know, so I must have PTSD. Well, I'm selling pest control door-to-door. That was one of my first jobs when I got home and getting the door slammed in my face. And I remember feeling so pathetic, so low. I used to be a warrior, and now I'm a fucking pest control salesman. Like, how much lower can I get? Now, by the way, if you're a pest control salesman, that's a great job. I made a lot of money. It was my mental association to what I was doing that was the problem, not the career itself, not what I was doing itself. But that's how I felt, and I was miserable, and I was depressed, and of course, maybe that's what's going on. So then I found CrossFit uh, in 2009, and I'm not saying this is your answer. I'm saying, I'm just sharing with you what I discovered. This is my process of identity transformation, from going from a warrior to uh, what I would say an enlightened warrior. Um, you know, I'm not a guru. I don't sit cross-legged and meditate for five hours and all this kind of stuff. Although I do meditate and I do plan to, I am developing myself in that area, but, uh, it wasn't who I was. And now I do consider myself an enlightened warrior. In other words, I'm becoming more aware. I've transformed again. I went from civilian to warrior now to a really awesome, if I do say so myself, mix of being somebody who has the experience of war, the knowledge of what that is, and all of the good things, and I apply it to being a civilian again. I have this saying that I try to share with guys to kind of get the point across that are stuck in their veteran mindset. I call it the Uncle Rico effect. If you've ever seen Napoleon Dynamite, Uncle Rico, right, lives in a van, and the only thing he's talking about is his football days. He's stuck in that identity. He hasn't transformed. So when we come home from combat, I was stuck in that identity. I was trying to continue to hold on to that and not evolve. Well, guess what? That wasn't in the cards for me anymore. And, and, and listen, if it's in the cards for you to still be that person and you're out, go get back in. Because if you're not willing to let it go, you're just going to hold yourself back and you're going to make yourself miserable. I happen to believe that the majority of people suffering with PTSD, possibly it's not PTSD. It's possibly just depression and a lack of direction and holding on to an old identity that doesn't serve us anymore. Now, there are very real cases of post-traumatic stress and TBIs. That's not what I'm speaking about. Even those can be affected on a level when given the attention to this kind of transformation, to looking at transforming our identity and, and being willing to give up old views, old ways of being, and hold on to what serves you, but let go of what doesn't. So I'm talking about, like, when I got home, I hung a camo net from my, my office, you know, roof. Uh, I had patches all over the wall. Anything that would remind me of the old days was sitting on the wall. Everything, anything and everything. Um, you know, I'm talking about the guys that have patches on the roof of their truck. Uh, and they, they, uh, the only thing they wear are khakis and a ball cap with the American flag on it that, that, um, that reminds them of those days. And, and, and listen, I, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. You have to answer that for yourself. But if you're, if you're feeling 
like life isn't going the way you would like it to go, if you feel disempowered or not fully empowered to move forward, then you may want to consider that that's part of what's holding you back because it's an identity and it's an identity that ne- that should be transformed if you're stuck. Now, some people come out and they're staying in law enforcement and so forth, and that that identity still serves them in those in those areas. Maybe not all of it, but some of it definitely does. And so Uncle the Uncle Re- Rico effect is a good way of seeing that, that, man, until I let go of being, right? So the, the other thing too is like, if you're a veteran, if you walk around and the constant dialogue in your, in your mind is, I'm a veteran, I'm a veteran, I'm a veteran. It's the same as I'm a high school graduate. Like if I owned that I'm a high school graduate and I didn't want to move on, I'm going to look like Uncle Rico. But I, for me, what has allowed me to move on, this is what served me to move on and others that I get to connect with and share this with, is that the veteran status exists on my driver's license and my DD-214 and that is it. Most people don't know, unless they're close to me, that I'm a combat veteran. The people, new people that I meet, they don't know that I'm a combat veteran. I don't lead with that conversation and I don't show up dressed as a combat veteran. I show up as me, who I've chosen to be. And it's very, I do it very consciously. Now, listen, I am very proud of my service. I am very proud of the fact that I got to serve my country in combat. And I believe in my reasons for being over there. And I do not take those for granted or push them to the side one bit. But I also know that if I am not willing to be somebody different than who I uh, envisioned myself being for that phase of my life, for that season of my life, then it will not serve me to move forward. I can still accomplish all of the skills that I learned being a combat veteran. I still see things from a perspective if we're talking about safety and taking care of my family from the view of a combat veteran. But my ego, my identity, my temper, my um, expectations of others, those have transformed to find the balance. When I talked about going to the CrossFit gym, what that did for me was I discovered the release of certain hormones that helped me find balance. In 2012, a good friend of mine, my battle buddy, uh, one of my battle buddies, Denzel Hunt, he killed himself. And I got the call. And Denzel was the guy that we all wanted to be like. He was the ultimate soldier. He was fit. He was good at what he did. He was also very personable. Everybody got along with him. He just was the guy we looked up to. And so when I got that call that that was him, crushed me, crushed all of us. I just couldn't imagine. I went to the funeral. I couldn't even go through the viewing. It just, I, uh, I, I just didn't have, have it in me. Um, I was there for the service, but I couldn't go through the line and, and, and be a part of the, you know, see the casket or anything like that. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And uh, so since then, I've been trying to figure out what makes a difference for veterans. How do we move on? You know, I started looking at World War II. My grandpa was a sniper in World War II, and he came home, and yes, he had issues, but he still served his family. He still went to work. He did everything he needed to do as a grandpa, as a father first, and then a grandpa, 
And uh, the, the, the amount of suicides in World War II didn't match. The level of, of intensity they experienced was way worse than what we experienced. And um, so I started looking at the difference. Why is this happening? And I believe it's the hormones in our body. And in order to transform, the first thing we need to do is lift the fog, if you will. And that's both in being a veteran or weight loss or whatever. If it's a weight loss deal, because uh, I coach people who have, you know, 50 to over 150 pounds to lose, the fog for them is, their ba- their, is the way of being that's been there for so long. Um, most of them feel like they're lazy. Uh, that's not the case. The laziness is a, is a byproduct of the mindset and, and not knowing what's keeping them stuck. When we start exercising, we release endorphins, certain hormones that start giving us that balance that we need as human beings. From a combat veteran perspective, we're, we're so exposed to high levels of hormone releases being in a combat zone that when we come home in that short period of flight, we don't have a chance to even balance it. And then there's nobody talking to us about it when we get home. And so we go to school or we go get a good job thinking we're doing what's necessary to serve our families only to find out a few years later everything fell apart and we don't know where we went wrong. When I found CrossFit, and, and when I, again, when I say CrossFit, I'm talking about any sort of high-intensity training that releases dopamine, adrenaline, serotonin, oxytocin, cortisol. Like you see these workouts or you're getting ready to do a workout and you get those pregame jitters like, oh man, I'm about to crush myself. This is going to suck. We had those same hormones in the military on a higher level. People in the civilian world that never experienced that, if it's just a weight loss thing, we just don't know what that, that that's necessary. And so the laziness is a byproduct of not having the hormones flowing to give us the balance. And so we find ourselves stuck. So when we get to exercising, exercising creates these balanced hormones. So the fog clears in our mind and we can start looking and seeing different ways that are not working for us. For me, the desk job wasn't working. And so I, op- I then opened my own gym. I had this clarity. I need to do something. I want to create something. And what was naturally there for me was opening a gym because I was really passionate about it. I love seeing people transform their physical body. And then things have developed from there and I continue to learn, continue to grow. I want to know more about how my mind works, like everything I've shared with you up to this point about transformation, the, the stages of transformation. So if you're not exercising, first and foremost, go do that. That's going to help. And be committed to the process. And remember, if you're not used to exercising, you're going to have to employ the four things we talked about. You're going to be excited. Okay, AJ, I heard you. I'm ready to go. Let's crush this. The second thing is going to happen is like, crap, I don't want to get up early anymore. (laughs) I stayed up late. I had a long day. I have a long day today. I should sleep in. All of those deceptional thoughts that keep you from getting out of bed consistently until it becomes a new behavior and you become transformed where you know it's necessary, you know you can do it, you just have to commit to the process, and then it becomes natural, normal, those four phases we talked about. So ultimately, what it is I want to share with you guys is this process of transformation, and you can apply it to anything that you want to take on. And what I'm committed to through these different episodes and through these interviews that will be coming is showing you all the processes. Essentially, I'm going to be giving you what it is I give to my clients. The only difference is we won't be one-on-one, but if you listen and take notes and you're willing to apply it, it will serve you. It will make a difference. 
Now, if you find yourself in a place where you think coaching will help, reach out to me. I'd love to be considered, I'd love for you to consider me as your coach. I've been doing this for a long time. I really enjoy what it is I do. I love seeing people reach those new heights, those new goals. When I coach people, it's all about you. I'm here to help you discover your blind spots. When I talk about blind spots, here's what I want you to imagine. This is something I learned in the Landmark Forum. Another great program, by the way. If you're looking for getting started, check out Landmark Forum. In Landmark, they talk about this circle. So imagine this circle. Picture this circle. And inside that circle is all the knowledge there is to know in the, in the world. Everything is inside that circle. How much of that do you think you know? Probably just a speck, if we're, if we're being honest. <laughs> If we're being honest, there's just a speck. Now, I'm going to give myself some grace, and I'm going to give myself a little piece of that pie. So that represents, in this circle of knowledge, everything that I know that I know. Now, there's another sliver of this pie that I have knowledge in, and it's a little bit bigger than the, the sliver of pie that I know what I know. This sliver of pie is what I know that I don't know. And what I've discovered is the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Like we just become educated. There's so much more to know in this universe and we become more clear. In that sliver of pie is things like brain surgery. I know that I don't know how to do brain surgery. So you probably would be safe or not. Ask, well, not probably. You shouldn't ask me. I'm going to mess it up. Guaranteed, if you ask me to do brain surgery on you, I'm going to screw it up because I don't know it. And I know that I don't know it. I know that I don't know how to fly a plane. I know that I don't know how to do accounting. I know, you know, I can, list goes on and on. For everything I learn that I know that I know, a hundred more things open up that I know that I don't know. So that's in that other sliver of pie. That means there's this massive piece of this knowledge, this open circle that exists. In, that, in the remainder of that circle is what is known as the things that we don't know that we don't know. Those are our blind spots. When we have aha moments, if it's in a conversation or we screw up and we do something different and all of a sudden it works, that, that moment of like, oh, if you feel a shift in you, that moment is what's known as a breakthrough. You just accessed knowledge that you didn't have before. It's a breakthrough in the areas that you didn't know that you didn't know. So if it's about transitioning as a veteran, it's about losing weight, if it's about relationship, it's if, if it's about your finances, you name it. If you're struggling, it's just because there are blind spots that you don't have access to yet. And when you're willing to discover those, you'll have these breakthroughs that give you all kinds of access to more opportunity. Now, just in case I don't have an, a, a, an episode in the future where I go over this, I want to make sure I complete this with you. If you have an aha moment or a breakthrough, in other words, access to a new way of being that is going to take work, do not let it go. If you have a breakthrough and you do not take action on it, in other words, you start that process of transformation that we discussed, what happens is, your ego is kind of like this. It's ego sneaky. It's like, ooh, shit, we almost lost him. He almost had this total breakthrough, but he didn't do any action on it or she didn't do any action on it, so we're safe. We're going to fortify the wall so there's no more breakthrough here. It's going to be much more difficult. Now, I'm, I'm really simplifying this just to try to 
describe it to you. But if you have a breakthrough and you don't take immediate action, you may lose access to the transformation that will come from that breakthrough, whether it's, your again, your relationships, finances, health, transitioning from veteran or police force or even pro athletes. Pro athletes will deal with the same level of, of identity crisis when they exit their pro sport. You must take action. If you don't, you will be required to go through a more significant breakdown before you have the opportunity to see that new breakthrough again. So take action right away. I want to thank you guys for being here with me on this podcast today, on this episode. If you have any questions about this, if you're stuck, shoot me an email. I am. I love to serve. I love to see people have these incredible breakthroughs, these transformations in their life. So shoot me an email. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you, if you have any questions, and um, I'd love to serve you. Thank you again for listening to episode number three, the Breakthrough Podcast on Dream Big, Play Bigger. We'll talk to you next time.